0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, John. Hello, hello. Today is time for our blog reviews. We like to go at different blogs and see what they have going on. Only this week is our dungeon week. So we've chosen some blog posts that are perhaps older than the ones that we've been looking at, but all on the theme of Dungeons. What do we have on the, on the, on the list to start with? Oh, role-playing tips. Have you seen this site?
1: No, I have not. I have some thoughts though. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> it, it just popped up on my thing. Uh, They've got, I've been, I've been seeing a few posts here and there and there's some kind of thing you have signed for a free, um, a free book or whatever. It, it's very SEO optimized it seems. So this is just six methods for making dungeons more interesting. And it's on the blog, roleplayingtips.com. They have an outline of the entire thing at the top. And I'm just going to browse through the outline real quick. Since it's provided, you can read a little more in depth. And some of the stuff that's said here, you'll hear different things from different blogs. And as we go on, and you'll also see some similar things. echo. So it says, give each player a goal or something to do. Put a time limit in effect change the PC's size, use five-room dungeon model, and it gives a little outline for the five-room dungeon model, the entrance in the Guardian, the puzzle or the role-playing challenge, a red herring, climax, big battle or conflict, and then five is the plot twist. So there's a nice little outline for doing it, and then it goes on a little bit, Reader's Tips of the Week, GM Advice, uh, other things for that. So...
1: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a well-thought-out. I mean, some of these uh, I agree with or more than others. So, some of them kind of get into the realm of starting a little bit of a railroad, but this person may be a little bit less OSR than I am. Maybe. Yeah. I
0: think that they're, <laughs> they're primarily that, that blog is primarily a five, fifth edition blog. So I think that the, some of the philosophies of game might be different than some of the OS, OSE, OSR type stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We move on to the next one is on skyflourish.com making dungeons awesome yes this is an older article that they've updated later and this echoes a lot of some of the things that was said in the other one too they they give three f's familiar functional and fantastic so they're trying to focus on those three things uh when it comes to the to building a dungeon
1: Yeah, this is uh, Michael Shea, who is, I guess, known as Sloth Flourish, but he's kind of famous for doing the Lazy DM's Companion uh, and Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master uh, books that give a lot of Dungeon Mastering advice. Again, another probably 50% of it is is fantastic and very creative. And the rest of it kind of steers more towards newer styles of gameplay that... I don't use, um, you know, having a emphasis on having a story, things of that nature.
0: Yeah, it starts off with rapid and a strong story. So if you're looking to like kind of do narrative, like story type things, that's, that's there. I mean, we tend to run more of a, a sandbox where the stories are kind of emerging from the players' decisions. Uh, layers of history, I like that. I think I want to go more into this layers of history as we go further in these blogs because I, mm-hmm. I picked up on something that I think is really useful by the time we reach the last one. Then he suggests that three fantastic features in your dungeon. One secret gleam during the development of Sky Floors' fantastic locations is the idea of defining three area aspects to each area with a location. For any given dungeon, we might have five to 10 room chambers each of these rooms and chambers might have three area aspects to help make it fantastic and functional examples are bloody bloody rivulets on the floor leering skulls embedded in the wall burning violet braziers a huge draconic skull and so on and so forth so giving it something that's memorable and fantastic um then of course you fill out the dungeons with monuments traps relics and secrets and then they kind of go on to talking about sellers and then like, like going on from dungeon to the underdark and stuff like that. And then going deeper with it. So uh, good suggestions there. You can really work with. I want to go to the next one. Dungeon How to DM a dungeon crawl with easy dungeon crawl creator. I think the biggest thing I wanted to point out in this is the easy dungeon crawl creator. <laughs> mm-hmm there's a th- this this kind of goes in a little in depth and it says some of the things one of the things it says the others don't is play to your strength not everyone is a dungeon crawl type some of us enjoy playing video games full of dungeons like Skyrim. I, i'm not a video game person so i don't follow some of that so playing to your strength creating a quick outline for your dungeon all that but then they come into this dungeon quick dungeon crawl creator the quick dungeon crawl builder as it's called is just a, a picture there and it's got a it's got like three points with some questions under it. Dungeon history. Who built this dungeon and for what purpose? How did it come to ruin? What factions occupy the dungeon now and why? Why are players visiting it now? Then we go to dungeon look as the second one. What is unique about the entrance? How is the dungeon history evident in different layered things? Then we get to dungeon challenges. Pick a couple of challenges to change it up, combat, boss fight, maze, riddle, puzzle, social, trap, travel, sneak. So that dungeon crawl builder I thought was a nifty little tool that might be helpful when you're planning a game.
1: I'll highlight the most important one on here for me is in dungeon history, and that is the factions. Having a varied set of factions always adds flavor and makes every every uh, exploration of a dungeon unique because you never know who the characters are going to meet first and how they're going to get along with them. It'd be different, you know, just changes and adds variety for every trip into the dungeon.
0: Next, we're going to move on to OSRElfGame.com, a primer on dungeon crawling. I thought this was an interesting one. He, you
1: know, he goes over uh, the basics of dungeon crawling, uh, talking about tracking time, light and dark, traps, wandering monsters, uh, dungeon levels. And one thing he mentions with that is there are no challenge ratings, but I guess the overall vibe is the deeper you go, the harder it's going to get. That makes sense. Definitely more in the OSR, which is in the the title of the blog. So definitely more down my lane. Resource management, you know, keep making them dangerous. What did you think?
0: I like it and it is kind of an kind of a review of some old school fundamentals for gaming. I honestly this might be a good one for us to like tear apart and do a full episode on it is in depth. Yes. What makes the dungeon crawl fun? And it kind of looks at certain older approaches to dungeons or the osr approaches to dungeons and and kind of says what's good about them or what why it works with like addresses specifically wandering monsters and the traps the light and darkness kind of the resource man some of the resource management things like with time and talks about taking the 10 minute turns using things like Searching rooms, picking locks, catching your breath, translating ancient runes, etc. What you can do within that time, how much light you have, and how much you can really do in there. So it it does give a good breakdown and a good approach to doing old school dungeon crawl type stuff. Very, I feel maybe more AD and D leaning in some ways, perhaps some BX leaning. So it's a good it's a good article. This
1: discussion. Which will flow into the next blog. We're going to talk about is it brings up the mythic underworld, which is a uh, concept about you know o- old school dungeon delves. That the next post kind of dives more into that. So,
0: Josh, you put that up. Also, blogs at blogspot.com. There's a bunch of interesting things on there. I'd like to check out. Yeah. DM David, as you said. The dungeon comes alive in the mythic underworld.
1: Yeah, so this, we'll go over the whole thing, but the concept is pretty basic to old school role-playing and dungeons specifically, and that is that dungeons, they don't have to make sense. They don't have to have a reason. They are their own entity to themselves, and there are some characteristics that are that are kind of key to the mythic underworld. He links in this article to... The first mention of this, which was a PDF that was released for free sometime early in the OSR movement from mute called Philotomy's Musing. There's a link to it in that 49-page document, but on the PDF on page 22 specifically, which he discusses here, it, they talk about the mythic underworld and some aspects of that are usually it's big. It's a mega dungeon. It can go on forever or as long as the players are interested. It has its own ecology and, and rules. It's not static. The inhabitants and even the layout may grow and change over time. It's not linear. There are lots of different paths and interconnections. There's ways to go up and down between the levels, several ways usually. Uh, the purpose is mysterious and shrouded in a legend. Again, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just kind of a sandbox or a fun, fun house type.
0: So I want to talk about that doesn't have to make sense a bit here because I, I like the contrast of, of the messages I'm getting in these because some are like, oh, it has to make sense. It has to flow. And there's no, oh, no, it can be random. But I think it's going to accumulate in the last one we talk about when we get to that. So I just mm-hmm. want to point out. We have two different opinions here coming from different blogs and some of them like you have to have make sense and stories and then you, oh, it can be random and crazy and fantastical. Goblin Punch does the dungeon checklist. Now, this is one that made it into the Knock magazine as well. If you don't have those Knock one and two, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take blogs and different posts from the internet and compile them in one nice thing. And this is a dungeon checklist. I'll just read through it real quick. I'm not gonna read it in depth. It's well worth the read. The extra stuff underneath the initial bullet points is very helpful. Something to steal, something to be killed, something to kill you, different paths, someone to talk to, something to experiment with. Something the players probably won't find. Those are the seven things. And it kind of goes in depth, kind of explaining those. Strongly suggest going to Goblin Punch Dungeon Checklist. I will have the link to that, at least in the show notes. And I'll try to get the links to this week's blog posts on the wobbliesandwizards.com website as well. So you can find them there. Check out the dungeon checklist.
1: Yes, excellent.
0: Strange things happen when you sleep in a dungeon. And this is another one that made it to one of the knock issues as well. Yeah. I think the last few was where we got I said, you know, they got really good stuff in knock. And I know they're originally blog posts. Let's check those out and point those out. <laughs> so this is talking about healing rules and sleeping complications with not just with resting in the dungeon and how you can spice it up might not be something the players always like. Like, one of the things in here is kind of asking, okay, how much damage do you have? You're in a dungeon, you're not really in a restful room, here's a percentage chance, and it gives you a little quick formula to figure out your chances of being able to heal that night or gain hit points back and things like that. So it throws a slight little mechanic in there for it if you want to use it. Otherwise, it's got some neat little strange events that can happen. Bugs in your ears, seduced by a succubus, gremlins in the middle of the night, visions. It goes on. There's, there's at least there's a a d20 chart it looks like so you get out of body experiences rodents insomnia etc etc if you get that insomnia you can't heal i hear
1: yeah yeah it's just something i think you know sleeping and resting you have the chance for i guess a random encounter but adding uh other things which kind of give more real you know breathe more life into rather than just uh fast tracking it and ignoring it but also not taking up a lot of your time filling in this padding or filling in the story a little bit with events is a great idea i'm going to steal this idea
0: <laughs> that is graphiteprime.blogspot.com, and we will have a link to that as well in the show notes the overly thematic dungeon The original approach developed at the dawn of gaming was to, uh, was to seed with different things. This is telling you to see dungeons thematically. It's also talking about coming up with the ideas and concepts, kind of like what the history of what used to be there. They show an example of images of the dungeon room, what it looked like once upon a time. And then later when it was destroyed, I think that this is a good one to look at and read, mostly because of the next blog post we're going to look at. And the next one I'm going to try to jump ahead to. So check out this. um, It's beyond FOMALT, F-O-M-A-L-H-A-U-T, beyond FOMALT, blogspot.com, the overly thematic dungeon. When you go to the next one, oldskulling.blogspot.com. So it's talking about running how to never describe a dungeon. And it talks about you you get to an intersection. There's a door at the north and two passages, one going east, one going west. That's a terrible way of describing a dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Never describe a dungeon like that, it goes on to say. And some of the things is like like it gives you um, suggestions on the description. And some of it relies on being able to do some of that Dungeon ecology and history, and thinking ahead about what it is that's here and going on here, so that you can describe it. Knowing what was here can help you see what is here now and what remains. And I like the suggestions given in here on describing and how to run a dungeon. I'm trying to find the exact uh, paragraph it was, but I, I, I can't highlight on a, on a well, website. I can't. Well, <laughs> well,
1: one of the uh, one of the things is that. You want to give, again, just like having rules or having something that can happen while you're asleep, you want to give the the space between rooms some life. And, And you could do that with visual sensory, other sensory input. You know, he mentions a faint glow coming from a down one corridor that could lead to like a mushroom filled cavern. Uh, Other examples are hearing rushing water, that's a common one, or smelling some odor, either good or terrible, you know, that kind of gives you a sense of why are you, why or why not are you going to go down this passage rather than just flipping a coin right or left.
0: Yeah, give some adjectives, descriptions, tell us what we're seeing and experiencing, what's unique about it. Just following left, right, straight, door, door can get a little monotonous. We've all done it, I think, when we're playing. I think we can do better. That's right. That's about all we have time for today. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, share it with your friends. Give us a positive review where you're listening. Those of you that have done that and been sharing our our podcast and giving positive reviews. Thank you so much. It's a huge help. We super really appreciate it. We couldn't do all this we wouldn't be doing all this if y'all wasn't listening. I would have done stopped a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You can find us on Facebook. Just search wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active on that little uh, on that little page there. WobbliesandWizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at logarhalecrom and keep those dice rolling. Bye bye. This is Logar, and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our, our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets. So if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role playing games with our specific bend, please go over to Patreon, backslash Wobblies and Wizards, that's W O B B L I E S A N D W I Z A R D S, and give us a little support.